He does not have the Saquon Barkleys. He doesn't have the Mike Gusecki's that were there last year. When I look at a guy like Trace McSorley, I see Dwayne Haskins. Whoa. Keeping you posted on the biggest contest in football. This is The Rivalry. This is The Rivalry Podcast. My name is Mitch. He is Jace. We are your garbage-free sports station for this fall. This is our fifth official published episode. Week five already, man. It's insane. We're almost halfway through the season, which is wild because I feel like it both just started and has been going on forever. Well, you have so much, at least for <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast and you're with us, at least for us, it has this college football season has so much hype to it and you're so excited for it that by the time it gets here, you forget sometimes it's only 12 weeks, regular yeah. season weeks, and then you hit the bowl season. It's insane. If you guys are still listening at five five episodes in, I want to applaud you. I want to find out who you are. I want Gold to give you a hug. For you. Thank you so much for following. We ask you to tweet us at Jace and Mitch. That's at Jace and Mitch, J-A-C-E, on Twitter. We'd love to have you join our army of listeners. And then please rate and review us on iTunes. I was asked by our digital department to get people <laughs> to rate and review. Yeah, that's just how it, that helps it pop up more when people are searching for it, populates it in iTunes. The higher the rating, the better chance people are able to find it. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure that everyone else can get to enjoy it as well. Absolutely. And if you do, I will send you some article of Jace's clothing, whether that be a shirt or shorts we or a shoe. We have not talked about this. So that's or a shoe. That will be coming your Congratulations, way. Congratulations, you get a shoe. You don't even get a shoe, but... Even if you were, what would you do with one shoe? Beside the point. Have you ever been camping? Funny enough, my wife went with some church friends this weekend, and I stayed home because Jace does not camp. Jace doesn't camp? Jace does not camp. Why don't you like camping? Because Jace has a home. <coughs> <laughs> okay, so weird timing because me and my <laughs> friends from church went camping this last weekend. So I guess it was just camping weekend. We okay. went down close to Cincinnati and camp and it was great. I did miss the game. I followed it on my phone. I didn't watch it. I knew it was going to be a blowout. Otherwise we wouldn't have scheduled camping. For right, that right, Saturday. right. It's not like so it was going to be has to revolve around Ohio state. Football. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's okay because I got to eat s'mores. I got eaten alive by mosquitoes. It but then all your clothes and your bags and everything smells like, like campfire. It's the best. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> oh. My wife got home and I was like, okay, we're going to take anything that smells like smoke, goes in the laundry now, and everything else goes outside on the porch where it got rained on for the last two days. But you know what? It doesn't smell like campfire anymore. Oh, uh, dude, campfire smell. Okay, everything in moderation. <laughs> if you get that occasional campfire sweatshirt, it's one of the greatest things. It's a great the thing to welcome ca- fall in. Maybe that's the prize. If you rate us on iTunes, you can get one of Mitch's campfire. occasional campfire sweatshirts. It's, it's, it's only quality we will send you. All right, football. Let's talk football. So obviously I missed the game, but I did keep in with the stats. I re- apparently. <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. What a bloodbath. Number four, Ohio State beats Tulane 49-6. to Pretty impressive. And the six wasn't two field goals. There was a touchdown and a blocked extra point. I got, a, like, you know, I follow Ohio State on ESPN Gamecast or whatever when I can't catch it on TV or can't be at the game. And I saw it was 14-0, 21-0, and Tulane scored. I was like, okay. Here's a game. It's a and it's a blocked extra point. Yeah, that's the end it's of the game. Just right insult there. to injury. But I mean, again, it's a. I went back and watched the highlights. It was an awesome, fun game to watch because again, it's like you you're playing a video game and you set it to easy and you just get to see them do all of their fun plays and 
make them look 10 times better than they are. And that's saying a lot because they are really good. But I can only take this with a grain of salt because I know Saturday is like, when I looked at the schedule at the preseason, this was the hill we had to climb and get over well in order for the season and the national championship idea to even kind of come to some sort of fruition. Well, you look at, and again, I I apologize, but I don't for beating a dead horse here, but you look at who Ohio State has played so far. You have Oregon State, you have Rutgers, you have Tulane. I'm not a hater. This is just the way it is. Even TCU is kind of a question mark. This is the first true road game, and it's the first, in my mind, real test that Ohio State's going to have to play. I don't really know what to expect out of this game, Mitchell. And it's it's the same thing. So obviously we're talking about the Penn State game that's happening this Saturday. It's going to be on at 730, number four Ohio State at number nine Penn State. It's one of the most difficult places to play a football game. I did some research into this, uh, which I'll get to later, but you were making a comment about how Ohio State hasn't really played anybody just yet in the season. It's the same way with Penn State. So far, Penn State yeah, has played true. Appalachian State and nearly lost in the first game. <laughs> then they played Pitt, then they played Kent, and then they played Illinois. And if you looked at just the scoreline for Illinois, you go, oh, Penn State blew them out. No, Illinois was uh, Illinois. 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 Illinois was within. Four or five points starting off the fourth quarter. They were up they were up twenty-eight to twenty-four at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That should never happen. So Penn State, exactly that. Penn State has won their games, but they have let teams now with the exception of Kenton Pitt, they've let App State and they let Illinois hang around and they goofed off a little bit and then Trace McSorley lit them up in the fourth quarter. You can't let Ohio State hang around until the fourth quarter because you won't be able to put them away like that. Do you know that feeling where you really want something to happen, but at the same time you just already wish it was over and you knew the result? Because that's <laughs> the feeling I get about these games that are projected close. I looked at ESPN, and they ha- at the same time, where where is this number? At the same time, they have the Buckeyes at a 46.4% chance of winning. So less than half... But they have us as four-point favorites. Interesting. So I don't understand their logic there. Yeah, I don't there. know how that what math that works. What that tells me is that it's going to be a close game statistically. And then I started going deeper, and I don't see how... I'm not buying in that Penn State is as good as people say that they Absolutely are. Absolutely not. Absolutely you agree? not. Hey, that's so, cool. I think Trace McSorley, and I said this, if you go back and listen to some of our preseason episodes, by the way, again, iTunes, Spotify, I said... I think Penn State is good, but Trace McSorley is overrated and overhyped. And I know he's had a a good start to the year. He does not have the Saquon Barkleys. He doesn't have the Mike Gusecki's that were there last year. He doesn't have the receiving core around him that he had last year. So when I look at a guy like Trace McSorley, I see Dwayne Haskins. Whoa. Here's why. I think Haskins is a very good quarterback. I think McSorley's a really good quarterback. I think they're both really talented, but based on, and I forget last year because last year doesn't count for Penn State anymore. Based on this year, they have both played comparable competition and played well. I think at this point in the year, not not six weeks from now, at this point in the year, I think they're both overhyped. Wow. I think they will compete very closely with each other. Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter. Here, here's what I mean. <laughs> Land Grant Holy Land put out on Twitter sometime this past weekend that the Heisman race is coming down to Tua from Alabama and Dwayne Haskins. Can you do me a favor and pronounce Tua's last name for me? Tagovailoa. 
Okay. Yeah. I've heard tongue of Iowa. I've heard tag of Iowa. That's why we call it. I've heard a lot of people just not even attempt. Yeah. But the fa- the fact that an Ohio State organization is claiming that okay, the hi- that's what I mean by overhyped at this point in the year. Let me throw some numbers at you and see if you change your mind. Dwayne Haskins, as of right now, has thrown 87 passes out of 115 and connected. That's a 75% completion rate. He has 1,200 yards to his name, 16 touchdowns, 75-yard long touchdown, three sacks, and one interception. That is fantastic. Now, Trace McSorley has a 53% completion percentage, 763 yards, just about half, half the touchdowns at eight, 46 yards, almost half the distance of the long play, equal amount of sacks at three, and then double the interceptions at two. So if you ask me, Dwayne Haskins looks pretty good. And you have seen him in in at least highlights. I don't know if you've watched the game, but in highlights, every pass is right on the money. And and don't hear me saying I'm not impressed with him. I'm saying I think he... Claiming things like the Heisman race is down to him and Alabama's quarterback. Well, who else is? Ridiculous. Who else is in the Absolutely race? Ri- competition. So here's what we're going to see. Coming out of this Penn State game will tell you whether or not Haskins is for real or if he's just playing against crappy competition. That is almost and I, a word-for-word ex- word line on my paper. That's great. <laughs> I cheated and looked at it ahead yeah. of time. No, but I, I, I think that if you're an Ohio State fan, if the Buckeyes win this game, not only are you excited that they won this week, but you can be real excited that you've got a quarterback who, I mean, he's he's going to light up just about any defense that he plays. But I'm pumping the brakes until we get through this weekend because I think it's going to tell us a lot. I agree. And as far as the running game is concerned, I think offensively these teams, according to the numbers, look very similar. The quarterbacks, as you were just saying, look very similar. The running game looks very similar in the fact that they have one really good quarterback with or running back with Miles Sanders. He looked really, really good over the last couple of weeks. He's put up some insane numbers. He's got 71 attempts, 500 yards, five touchdowns. Now, between Dobbins and Weber, Mike Weber, so J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber are two running backs that we put in and put out all the time, switch them out. They have almost the exact same statistics. So running game is very similar, except we have two people, which I think will give us an edge because they'd get less exhausted. fresh legs. Um, as far as defenses go, I think they also look really similar yep. as where they've had some issues on both, <laughs> yep, uh, both sure. of them. And we've recently had some issues as far as Nick Bosa is concerned. Now, when you're talking about the Heisman race, Nick Bosa, a lot of people had said that he is in the race for the Heisman. He is the best defensive player in college football at the time, was what some people have said, which yeah, I kind of laughed some at. Some people. Yeah, I didn't necessarily <laughs> agree, but uh, why not? Uh, his father said this week after the game that he had major lower abdominal surgery, either on a hernia or some strain. I, it was mixed messages, which it was. He said it's fixable. However, uh, they won't reassess him until November. Okay. So that it's already being taken care of. The surgery is either already happened or is or is about to happen and that he's not going to be reassessed until November. So he's going to be out for a while. Now, you might have to refresh my memory. I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but the other, obviously Michigan, the Michigan-Ohio State game is in November, so that'll be affected. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, Michigan State, is that also in November? Yes. Okay, so you at, at the very least, not that you ever want, and you know, quick recovery to Nick, we, we wish him the best, but you at least get the ability to not have to play other than this game this weekend. You then get what should be fairly smooth sailing up until November. So that can at least be some measure of comfort. But again, how serious is it? 
you just you, there's no reason to speculate because you just don't know at this point. So what do you think the outcome of this game would look like projection wise if this game happened at noon? Instead <laughs> of seven thirty at, at night, I think it'd be about the same. Really, I think it'd be about the same. Now, I I love the college. Obviously, I love the college football atmosphere. I think night games. Have you ever <laughs> watched a night game at Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City? Wisconsin got fortunate this past weekend that they got out of there alive. Yeah. Michigan, I have seen them go into Kinnick too many times at night. I've seen them go into Penn State too many times at night and get yeah. beat. Ohio State knows what that feels like from a couple years ago too. All that to say, I think at noon, it plays out the same way. I think it's more fun for the fans and for the hype when you push it at night. I don't think it affects the scoreline all that much. See, I think it does. I think that the hype that goes into a whiteout at Penn Stadium or what is Beaver Stadium, Beaver Stadium yep. it is it is so intimidating. I looked up some stats on the average sound inside the stadium because it's always ranked as one of the loudest stadiums. And it says that during a whiteout at a night game at Beaver Stadium, they've done some science into this. And they said that the average sound rating in decibels for the overall game is 100 decibels, which is about the same as being a couple feet away from a jackhammer constantly. And we're very familiar with that this week because our front walkway has been being the taken up. The studios have been rattling like nobody, like we're living in Cali and it's a constant earthquake. It has given us headaches and we're inside a soundproof studio. <laughs> I can't imagine. So being there, it's like that. They equate it to that. They say that it has peaks throughout the game at around 122 decibels which is loud enough to actually cause pain in your ears and is compared to a chainsaw at full go next to your head it's incredible so over the course of a couple hours this is it's obvious why plays get mismatched the communication goes down players get exhausted well, and i think too that's going to be an interesting thing to watch haskins again first true road game and nothing like this to see how the young quarterback picks up on exactly that play calls from the sideline yep. when he can't hear himself think, is he able to communicate with his line? Is he able to communicate with the coaches? How many timeouts end up getting burned right. because you can't communicate and come back to bite you later on? These are all things that are going to be affected when you play on the road or the clap snap. Cause yeah. there's so yep. many teams that use the clapping as instead of saying hike, they, they clap the hands as loud as they can. And in a place like that, that's going to be really hard to hear. Do you have a prediction for this game? I have Are a prediction. To put if out if our defense plays well, I think it'll be 35 to 14. Wow. If our defense doesn't play well, I think a more realistic score is 42 35. Because I think our for, off for who? Us. You're picking uh, the box. Yeah, Ohio okay. State at 42 35. I think they will win this game either way. But I think with the charged offenses on both sides, I think it'll be a high scoring game, but it comes down to the defense. So I think 42-35 Ohio State. I'll be on the floor probably most of the time breathing heavily because I get <laughs> I stressed text out messages during from games. you. I'm oh. excited for for checking my phone during this I'm an absolute wreck when I watch close games. The TCU game was just, I, I had to get up and leave the room a couple times. Just I, it's, it's, it's upsetting. I have to go to prayer and say, am I committing <laughs> too much of my life to football? I've actually got a very similar prediction to you. I've got 42-31. I have flipped who I picked to win that game. I think Penn State wins this one. You I, you hope so badly after Notre Dame even, that it, Penn State wins. Honestly, that. it's not even that. It's I think I agree with you on I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I don't think either defense can slow down two really good quarterbacks. But I think 
Some of that atmosphere does rattle Haskins a little bit. I think it rattles the defense maybe even more so because I think Haskins has a good head on his shoulders. He's a little bit inexperienced, but I think he's there. But a defense that's already struggling on the road, if it is a high-scoring game and you can't seem to slow them down, that noise level does start to rattle you a little bit. I think it's a high score, 42-31. I think this is the game that Penn State has been has been looking for this year to solidify their shot at the Big Ten. I don't think Ohio State comes out of there with a victory. Yikes. <laughs> You're delusional. Uh, Michigan did come out with a victory this past weekend against Nebraska. Ohio State and Michigan both had little scrimmages this past weekend. Yep. Uh, Michigan's final, 59-10. to 10. I thought I have 56. that right? It was, it was an excellent game. That was one of the games where I you could watch it and really go, you know what? I have no complaints here. No complaints on the defensive side of the ball. They looked incredible. Rashawn Gary, just for an example, if you didn't watch the game, Nebraska likes to run this speed option play. Rashawn Gary forces the pitch from the quarterback and then sprints across and tackles the guy that got the pitch. That's how bad things were going for Nebraska and how good things were going for Michigan. Shea Patterson looked good. Dylan McCaffrey got quite a few reps and looked fantastic. Ben Mason, the fullback, picks up three touchdowns. I think maybe all in the first half, if I remember correctly. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, a little bit quieter on the receiving end, did break a nice uh, punt return for a touchdown. Really not much to it for Michigan. Michigan was favored by, I think, two touchdowns and blew that out of the water, which bodes well, I think, for this weekend's game where they're favored by about the same on the road at Northwestern. Nebraska is a terrible team. Uh, and They this did is, not look good. This is their worst start <laughs> as a program since 1945. Wow. In three games, because their first one got canceled, in three games, they haven't played many good teams. They've been outscored 113-67 to 67 against nobodies. It's just been a rough start, so I... You got to feel bad for Scott. You can't take anything positive away from Michigan. I mean, it looks fine, but you're not going to take it all with a grain of salt because that is a terrible, terrible program. This is, this is not, it's not Rutgers. It's not Maryland, but Nebraska is not what they used to be. So there is some of that danger. I I will say that for some of the more diehard, not that I'm not a diehard Michigan fan, but some of the more unreasonable, irrational Michigan fans that are like, wow, Nebraska. There's some danger in a name brand program that's not really very good this year. So take it with a grain of salt, but you can still come away pleased and happy with a very, very positive performance. Uh, Northwestern things should not change all that much for Michigan. Uh, Northwestern, unfortunate, their starting running back is medically retired from football this week. That's sad. um, Which, you know, we wish him the best. We're glad he's making the best decision for him. Stay healthy, young man. But it, it does... It is going to be difficult for Northwestern because things have already not been easy for them. They've lost to Duke. They've lost to Akron. Ouch. I, uh, it's 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 a 14-point spread, give or take, right now for Michigan, and it's not going to be anywhere close. My final score prediction for that game is 56-6. to six. I think they'll get two field goals. That's that's about yeah. it. I have, I have 45-3 to because I'm camping on the 45 for the last few weeks. Uh, I will say this. I'll make one caveat. The one thing that makes me nervous about Northwestern is, as mgoblog.com called it, the prospect of another stupid Northwestern game. Yikes. So just real quick recap. 2012, Northwestern has the ball, should be able to run out the clock, can't do it, punts. Michigan throws the ball downfield, catches it on a miracle pass, kicks the field goal, goes to overtime, and wins. Ridiculous. 2013, Michigan goes into Northwestern, 
throws the field goal unit onto the field with a running clock with time running out, kicks a wild field goal to tie the game, beats Northwestern in overtime. 2014, Northwestern scores on Michigan, tries to go for two to win the game, quarterback falls down, loses the game. <laughs> three, no year, three years in a row, 12, 13, and 14, Michigan won these just wild, outlandish I Northwestern games. Oh my, you've got to YouTube it later. It's ridiculous. So are you still kind of nervous about this game? And that's just a little bit, and that's why. If it's the same thing when we play Indiana down the road. I'll say the same thing. Another stupid Indiana game where, for some reason, the books are thrown out and we have no idea what's happening. I am That's very, my only concern. I'm very excited. And I watched the interview with Jim Harbaugh, the press conference, getting ready for Northwestern. And I've discovered what my favorite thing about Jim Harbaugh is. Is it the khakis? No. he constant, <laughs> In an interview, he constantly looks like he forgot that he left the stove on. And he's thinking about that in the back of his head. He, somebody's asking him a question. His you're, eyes are wide. You're 100% his mouth, right, oh my, Mitch. Please, you are 100% please right. Please do yourselves a favor and go watch this interview. And and look at him because he constantly looks like, oh my gosh, I left the stove on. Or, the pool is overflowing. I'm not even mad or, about so, this. That's incredible. It is incredible. so funny. It is so funny. I was literally laughing out loud in my office uh, this You morning. know what? If, if he keeps winning football games, he can leave the stove on all that he wants. Jace, do you have anything more for us? Uh, two things. All one right. one quick. Did you see Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech? Holy cow. An 0-3 team beats the, what, number 13 team in the country and looked pretty good doing it. Virginia Tech is in a world of hurt. ODU for the national title. My prediction, you heard it here first. It was the sweetest <laughs> high five ever thrown down on a camera. Oh. The, the, the through the legs, like alley-oop If you high haven't five. seen it, it's on Twitter at Jace and Mitch. And then one other thing, I have two top 10 teams on upset alert this week. One you already know because it's Ohio State. Minor upset with Penn State, but still an upset. The other one, way out on the limb here. I think LSU loses this week. <laughs> At home to Ole Miss. I, here, I, here's why. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Ta'amu is the best <laughs> I'm going to come away with. The quarterback for Ole Miss has... 10 touchdowns to, I think Joe Burrow only has like three this year. Passing touchdowns. But Joe Burrow's pretty good. He, oh, no, no. Don't get me wrong. He's good. But I think Ole Miss, I know people are like, oh, they lost 62 to 7 to Alabama. Anybody's going to lose 60 plus to Alabama right now. I think Ole Miss goes in to Death Valley and I think they come away with a stunner. Wow, I don't know what I'll do, but I will definitely congratulate you on the next episode. If Thank you. Can I have one of your occasionally campfire smelling sweatshirts? No, that's, okay. that's, that's just fine. for our special listeners. <laughs> that's all. All right, thank you guys so much for listening into this episode. You can catch us every Wednesday on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, on your phone, any app that you can get a podcast, you can listen to us. Follow us at Twitter, at Jace and Mitch. We'd love to hear from you. And also, oh yeah, rate and review. <laughs> And also rate and review. Uh, We would love to see your feedback. If you don't think it's garbage, we would love to hear from you. Please lie. Make us look great so other people can listen into this. Not just a game. It's the game. You're listening to The Rivalry.